Radio advertising is good. Why should you advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. Why, we are even home to Imus in the Morning. We also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities, and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. Listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage, sport, and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another nine-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com.
trying to kill us, Peg. I've got to do business on their terms. Kids will try anything for kicks. Welcome. You are tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, we got a great show for you, and I hope you like that clip. Lee, I saw you had a... Uh, how you doing, Lee, by the way? Oh, I, man, that was scary. That was like autobiographical or something. <laughs> you, you, you had a big grin on your face during yeah, that yeah, one. <laughs> a little too close to home. I remember that trailer. <laughs> Do you really? Of course, I was too young to go uh, see the movie, I, I suppose. Or was, I was just about... We used to hitchhike to the movies. and uh, Back in the day? Yeah. Yeah. Like 11 or 12 or something. That was like cool. That. Yeah. When did that come out, though? That was like 65. It came in 66, 67, yeah. Okay. yeah. It was called Hot Rods to Hell. Right. I Had remember Dana that trailer said, yeah, this is my kind of movie. Yeah, That's I your gotta, kind of movie. Totally got to see this. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, hey, I just want to say, everybody, we are live uh, here at the Tantalk Radio Studio, AM 1340. And you can go to your internet right now and Google TantalkTheRadio1340.com, and you can tell all your friends and buddies around the world that we are streamed live. I'm going to wave just so you know that I'm doing that. I'm sitting here in the studio in downtown, sparkling downtown Clearwater. Anyway, uh, we got a, a couple cool songs, a couple cool clips, and we got a, hopefully we'll have our really cool guest on. This guy that I got coming on tonight, uh, most of you guys, if you're hot rodders, if you're model car builders, uh, 60s, early to mid-60s TV fans, you'll recognize this gentleman's work. He's uh, been around for quite a while and done some pretty neat stuff. And I had the good fortune of meeting him at Amelia Island here a couple of weeks ago. So, along with a really cool cast of characters up there. So, anyway, what do we got on that uh, first song there we got? Well, we, we've got one of one of the most... Uh, it's unusual. What can you say about this man? He is... Mr. Show Business himself, uh, Mickey Rooney Jr. Everybody remembers him. Well, no, they rem- they don't. Mickey they remember his dad, but not the kid. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of like Gary Jerry Lewis, Jer- and then it was Gary, Gary Lewis Gary and the Playboys. Lewis and the Playboys. Yeah. So they all had kids that got into music back in the day. Right. And uh, most of them just uh, you know fizzled out pretty quick. Nancy Sinatra and all that. Yeah. You know, and uh, but Mickey, who can forget that he's pretty good looking. You know, you yeah. never know he was. Um, and his song's not bad. He did a. Pl- I don't know who did this song originally. I don't know if it was well, original Beatles, Beatles did song. Yeah, did the Beatles wrote it. Okay, well, let's play it. Let's I, hear it. I feel fine. You feel fine. Yeah. Okay. You, you feel fine? Like, you feel fine in that I league? feel fine. You feel, I feel Do fine. Do you feel fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. I well. mean, despite everything. But, but uh, <laughs> All well, right. uh, Mickey Rooney Jr. looks like he's feeling pretty fine, too, actually. It yeah, was a he was scary. a big hit with the babes back in the day. So. All right, here we go. Yeah, Mickey Rooney Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
All right, are we back here? Hey, if you guys are tuned in, you just tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We got a couple. Uh, what do you got? Well, we got, uh, got, a, co- uh, got a couple commercials. My, got a couple commercials. My mistake. Oh, okay, no problem. You, you want to play those commercials real quick? Do you want me to? Yeah, let's just get them out of the way. Yeah. No, I know this is what ticked you off two weeks ago. Right? Okay. <laughs> Nothing ticks me off. I'm I'm fine with it. Hey, let's roll. Hey, listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Crabby's Beachwalk Barn Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Crabby's Beachwalk Barn Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. All right, folks, we're back. This is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It is live radio, so anything can happen. Every once in a while, I goof up, you know, and stuff like that. But anyway, we got a pretty good group here. Hey, let me give you a couple updates here. Uh, this weekend, the big Festival of Speed. Now, Festival of Speed will take place in downtown St. Petersburg, around Stroud Park and the Vinoy and everything like that. And uh, that's a huge event. And that's basically what they would call a lifestyles event. So if you really want to see state-of-the-art cars, state-of-the-art bikes, state-of-the-art boats, the whole area. On Saturdays, for example, they've got all the boats. The marina's open. They're going to have a poker run down there. Some really cool boats are going to be down there. Uh, my friend uh, Todd Warner, who owns Statement Boats, will probably have something really wicked down there for everybody to check out. And uh, on Sunday, of course, is the big car show. Okay, it's 10 bucks to get in. Kids under 12 are free. This is Festival of Speed in downtown St. Petersburg. Okay, I want to see everybody out there. I usually attend these events, and uh, it's a fun deal. And then Sunday on the 3rd, okay, which is Sunday, is the first Sunday of the month, we have Webster, the big swap meet up there at Sumter County. So I'm sure all you parts junkies like myself will be up there wandering around. It is Wednesday, so we've got open mic night at Naughty Nancy. So grab your ukulele, grab your harmonica on your guitar, whatever else you got, your little uh, tambourine. And head on over to Naughty Nancy's. Give her a call. Make an appointment to get over there, and she'll give you directions. I'll give you directions. It's a quarter of a mile north of Drew Street. 
uh, right on the trail, right behind the radio station here, okay? And her number is 446-3717. That's 446-3717. And, hey, I'd like to welcome a couple new sponsors, okay? Uh, of course, Golden Classics. They're right here in downtown Clearwater. I want to say hi to my friends over there, Dave and Darwin and Don, or Dan. And their number is 727-449-1952. That's 727-449-1952. They've got between 50 and 60 classic cars, all sorts. they got a really cool 58 Nash Metro convertible over there. they got a 1953 Kaiser over there. they got 65 Mustang convertibles. they got 66 Corvettes, 69 Mustang Mach 1s. They just got rid of a really cool 69 Shelby. So if you're looking for a classic car, a uh, big, beautiful 64 Cadillac convertible, anything of that nature, give them my friends over there at Golden Classics a call. That's 727-449-1952. Also, another new sponsor I want to welcome to the show is Brothers Auto Sales. They're up on US 19. Give them a call up there, 727-639-7481. That's 727-639-7481. If you really need a good quality late model used car, anything from... $3,000 on up, actually $1,000 on up. They got all kinds of stuff, all the way up to $25,000, $30,000. If you really need a good quality car, this is a family run business, okay? My friends up there, Frank and Mike, uh, they do a really good job, okay? They go to the auctions all the time. They're real picky about the cars that they have. They're really good about their service. Give them a call up there at 727 639 7481. That's Brothers Auto Sale, or check out their website, brothersautosales.net. Go check it out, okay? Get you a really cool deal on a car. And of course, my other friends over there, Mark and John over at Cop Cars Online. If you're in need of a vintage cop car, if you need a late model cop car, if you're a security company or a hospital or a law enforcement, and you really want a good quality, and I mean a really good quality, checked out squad car, squad truck, SUV that was used by law enforcement, give them a call down there in Largo, 727 536 2677. That's 727-536-2677. And that pretty much wraps up all my live reads and my latest and greatest sponsors, customers, and friends. And bear in mind, folks, I uh, am really good friends with all these people. Everybody that I talk about on this show, um, they're good people, okay? And I do business with them or have done business with them in the last 15, 20 years. So they're not on my show just because uh, they might throw a hamburger at me every once in a while or a used part. They are friends and people that I would highly recommend. And if I had to do business with them, I would do business with them. All right, hey, let me tell you about this past weekend. This past weekend we had three, four, actually, great days at the St. Pete Grand Prix. And uh, I made a point to be there Thursday. I made a point to be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'll tell you what, I had a really good time. Now, I'm not a really, really big IndyCar guy. I know a little bit about them. Um, but what was really there is they had the IndyCar lights. They had the Star Mazda Group, which are basically open-wheel cars. But the cool thing was is they had open, they had uh, closed-wheel cars. They had the World Challenge SCCA cars there. So they had Volkswagens. They had Corvettes. They had the tricked-out new Cadillac CTS Coupe that Andy Pilgrim was driving. It did very well. A uh, local driver here, Patrick Lawn, won in his class with the GT3 Porsche. And I met this really cool little girl there. I say little girl. She's 20 years old. And her name's Shay Holbrook. Okay, we're going to have her on a show. She's young. She's up and coming. She's got a great personality. Got the most beautiful smile you've ever seen. And a very, very, very good driver. She did very well uh, on on uh, Sunday afternoon in the... Uh, in the World Challenge race, okay? And then, of course, Dario Franchitti, he won in the uh, Indy car. He was driving a Canassi car. And i got to tell you guys, you know what? It was really, really cool. I was out on the starting grid because I had media passes, and I had what they call race mode passes, which gets you right out there in the pits and right on the track. And I had the great fortune to meet Chip Ganassi, okay, Bobby Rahal, again, who's been on our show, uh, and... I was I was just I was overwhelmed when I had the great 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 opportunity to meet Roger Penske, 
the captain. I mean, we're talking the Roger Penske. I mean, the winningest guy, winningest team owner, probably in the history of motorsports. I mean, not only a great race car driver, one of the greatest businessmen in the country, probably in the world, but super dedicated, committed car guy. And uh, I will try to do my best to get these gentlemen on our show. And you know who else was there? Don Perdome was there. So I got to meet Don the Snake Perdome there, okay? So, Lee, I really wish you were really in the cars because these people that I met, some of these, these the caliber of these people, uh, I mean, these are, you know, you don't get to meet these people every day. Yeah, the, 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 I know Don Perdome, I mean, like the ultimate drag racing guy, right? He was Basically. just sitting there in the Canassi pit, and I just happened to say, hey, you look familiar. I think I met you at Amelia Island. You're Don Perdome, aren't you? And he says, yep, that's who I am. And, of course, I've invited him on the show, so we'll see what happens. Him, Tommy Ivo. I met Tommy Ivo up at uh, Amelia Island. Dean Jeffries. I meet him up there. I mean, Denise McCluggage, Judy Stropas, Dan Gurney, who hopefully will come on the show, Sam Posey, who will hopefully come on the show. I mean, just some amazing, amazing legends. These are the people that I was reading about when I was a kid back in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, me too. uh, I used to buy the drag racing magazines, and these are all the names. that. uh, That's it. That's it. And, uh, you know, the car designers and the whole thing. So what do we got up next? What do we got? Well, uh, you know, we have... uh, We got another song coming up, don't we? We got a song? We do. We do. We do. It, uh, this is an oldie, but a goodie, uh, an oldie but a goodie. Everybody on the... Hey, you know what? This song goes out to all the girls that listen to this show. Would that be fair, Lee? Works for me, man. Works for you? Okay. Because yeah. we have lady and girl listeners, women listeners. We so We have to take care of those. We have to play something that appeals to them. Okay, so for all you uh, Davy Jones uh, fans out there, here's one for you. Here we come. Walking down the street, we get the funniest looks from everyone we meet. Hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we're monkeying around. But we're too busy singing to put anybody down. We go where we want to, do what we like to do. We don't want the time to get restless. There's always something new Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody down We're just trying to be friendly Come and watch us sing and play We're the young generation And we've got something to say Just look over your shoulder Guess who'll be standing there Hey, hey, we're the monkeys And people say we monkey around But we're too busy singing To put anybody
listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about Naughty Nancy. No, this isn't a story about a bad girl. This is a truth about a great place to eat and hang out. Naughty Nancy's Food Shack, located at 700 Eldridge Street in the downtown Clearwater area, is a quaint little place nestled under some huge oak trees serving great food and drink and a wonderful, friendly atmosphere. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. They have 10 daily specials as well as many different styles of cooking from Cajun, New England, Country Gourmet, and even Short Order, prepared just the way you want it. So check out this groovy little dew drop in right on the trail. So jog up to her front door, ride up on your bicycle, drive up in your car, or pull up on your motorcycle. And visit my friend Nancy and place your order. That's Naughty Nancy's, 727-446-3717. Hey, mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars and you might get a free drink. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotaka's Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotaka's Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotaka's Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure and mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. Uh, pardon me, I wonder if you'd mind working on that shoe for a while. Maxwell Smart, Agent 86. 86, report to headquarters immediately. Just a minute, who is this? This is the chief. Who else will be calling you on your shoe? (laughs) Yes, well, you can't be too careful. Would you mind giving me today's password? It's an emergency, Max. There's no time for... Well, if you can't give me today's password, I'll accept the countersign or today's secret code number. My life may depend on it. Get in here, Max, or I'll personally tear you apart. That's good enough for me, chief. I'll be right over. Excuse me. I'm in a hurry. Okay. <laughs> Lee, you know, I just have a lot of fun with that because that just reminds me of the good old days when I used to be that was pretty good. I got to get one of those shoes because it might get, get better reception than my cell phone. Yeah, know? really, you know, that's great. Hey, folks. This is your tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I got a super, super surprise guest for you tonight. This guy, okay, the guy I'm going to introduce here in a couple seconds, is an all, I mean, probably one of the best known American custom car designers, fabricator. He was a stunt man, a stunt coordinator. He's been in motion pictures, okay, he's done a whole bunch of movie cars. Okay, this guy has just done some of the coolest, wickedest, neatest cars. He's worked with guys like George Barris, with uh, Cushenberry, with Winfield, all the guys, all the top names, including our local fan and our local guy, Dr. Dan Dembski. Okay, I have got to introduce and welcome to the show, Dean Jeffries. Dean, are you there? I'm still here. You're still here. Welcome to Nostalgic Radio Cars, and I'm so glad you're here. How you been, buddy? I think okay. How about you? Pretty good, pretty good. So, uh, well, anyway, so you're out there in California. We're over here in Florida, so we're about three thousand miles away. And uh, let's get right to it. Let's talk about how you got started in the cl- custom car business and how you 
made a really famous name for yourself. Well, I just started off as a kid, and my dad was a mechanic, and from there I wanted to work on metal, not on greasy old motors and stuff. So I just started doing it and still doing it to this day, you know. Well, now, some of the cars that you did, I mean, how, when you, 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 uh, you were in, uh, in Europe overseas, right? And you were in the military. You were stationed over in Germany, and you started working on some cars over there a little bit because I was reading a little bit on your bio. As a matter of fact, when we had the great opportunity to uh, sit down and talk for a few minutes at Amelia Island about four weeks ago, uh, you were telling me a story how you got started. You were in Germany, and you were working on some cars. And, uh, and then you got into pinstriping, right? Well, I I went in 17 years old. They got me in the in the military, and I was only there a year. Then I come back, and then at that age in that time, I wanted to do something unique and something different rather than the same old run of the mill working on car stuff. So I I couldn't know all the stuff about cars or anything yet, so I had to learn it. So I started off doing a thing called pinstriping. I started doing a lot of that, and I was started there in Linwood, California, and all the people that does that kind of stuff started right around that era and that time. So uh, one of the probably the guy that was most notable is uh, Von Dutch. He was one of your friends too, right? Well, he was an old friend of mine. Kenny Howard was his name, and that's the time he his dad was a sign painter, and so of course he learned all the other things too in regards to custom cards and hot rods and everything too. And so from that we were just friendship stuff, run around together and things like that, but not real big time thing about either one of us just we start doing that type of a thing of pinstriping and doing car stuff yeah now when you uh were doing the pinstriping how is it you got into doing the custom cars and stuff i mean what uh what was one of the first cars that you worked on and and uh, what intrigued you about it well i was trying to get into crawl up that ladder and not just do pinstriping i liked it a whole bunch and it was a big time thing it went all across the united states even europe and stuff pinstriping was the same thing they did back in the 1800s but that was stagecoach cars and things like that well it was all changed it's not the same type it's still pinstriping pinstriping is just where you can do a line absolutely straight as can be or you can curve it and cover it, and you can do all. So it's it's a new type thing that started happening with pinstriping, but from that it got into the hot rods in the car in the custom cars and things like that. Now, were you a hot rodder back then? This would have been give us a time frame right about. We're talking like fifty one, fifty two, fifty three, somewhere in there, fifty six, fifty seven. About what year would we would we be talking here roughly when you first kind of like really got into it? Well, I'm starting where you really start doing that type of thing in 1950. Okay. Because I came from the Army and just for one year, and then I started doing that. Of course, I, when I was a kid, my dad was a mechanic type, so I still know about cars, and that's all I did, cars from the day I, can, I think I can walk. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, still doing it. To this day, too. Well, yeah, I know. I was amazed because when, we when we were talking there, you were telling me that, uh, you know, here you are. You're, what, 73, 74 years old? How old are you? You're young. I'm close you're... around there. I might be. Might be close. Okay. Well, you're still a young guy, and you're still doing this. And what, you know what? That's inspiring for all these other people that are out there that are that are in their 50s and 60s and 70s and say they can't do anything. Here you are. You know, you've been around 
for a while, and you're at this and still at this, and you've been doing it, which is really good. That's very commendable of you. Uh, what was one of the first cars that you did that, uh, that, 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 that was kind of really cool for you, that kind of really got you, you know, got, your, got you really fired up about it and say, hey, look, this wasn't that bad. I think I can take this to the next level. So what year and what was one of the first uh, really cool custom cars that you built? Well, I started uh, my first car that really became anything with myself even was an old Mercury, and that was a, and I can't even tell you exact year. Now you're looking at the 40s, have to be 40-something Mercury and um, convertible, and so I painted it all white. And from that, when you use white, on a car, you can go all your colors 90 miles an hour. If you get dark colors, and then you got more problems and stuff. So I used it all white, and every place you looked on that car from one end to the other was pinstriping. So it was like an advertisement-type thing for myself and for people that that's the type of thing I can do. So that's where I kind of started up with just that old, I think it was a 47 Mercury, I think it was. I, I I got pictures of it hanging on the wall, but I can't tell you exactly right now. <laughs> okay. Now, when, did you do any custom body work to that car, or was it just strictly, strictly the pinstriping? No, I Frenched in the front headlights and then around it off and changed the grill a little bit. But mostly I put flames on the top. And then one of the trick things that people thought it was really quite neat, I painted a, a, right on the top of the headlights, Right beside, right on. I took and painted a picture of my hand when it was just a hand hanging over, like reaching over to your headlight, and all in all kinds of west ratty looking paint and stuff. I mean, it was quite neat. It stands out like a sore thumb. So people thought that was quite neat that I, instead of putting a pinstripe on there, I put and painted a hand on each one. Then I put flames on the front end all the way back onto the left and right side. Then I also put right in the center of the front nose part, I painted a guy with all kinds of cigarettes sticking out of his mouth, and the smoke was coming back into the flames on the, on the car. So it was kind of, kind of different, you know. People thought that was pretty wild. Most people wouldn't ever do that to their car, but somebody like me, yeah, I do. <laughs> okay, and then uh, this. So then you started getting a little bit more and more into the custom cars, right? After that, and then you started doing customers' cars. So initially, you just started kind of like working on your own cars, and then you did. You started getting into customer work. Is that is that kind of how it went? Well, I got into the custom car stuff, and added. I wanted to learn how to do the metal work. You know, painting's one thing, and pinstriping's one thing. Each time that there's something unique that you can come up with automotive-wise, and that can be an airplane or it can be a, a, a boat, it can be anything, but I mean anything that's automotive-style type thing. Of, and so I did that. But I turned around and I wanted to come up with something kind of unique. And at that time, sport cars were the big thing. And it, the reason it was quite needed, at that time I was running around, not too much running around, but he was just a good friend of mine, was James Dean. And so he had a real, real super little race car. So I took and got a Porsche Carrera, which was a pretty rare car, and they only made just a few of them with a ball bearing type uh, uh, crank in it. 
that was a complete difference. So I ended up with this car through a, a kid that had it, and he didn't realize what he had when I bought it. So anyway, I took it and changed the whole front end, cut it all off and put a whole new front end and a whole back end around. And basic all looks, still looks the same and everything. So I come up with something kind of unique, and I paint, did all the paintwork, and I did it all in a pearl, pearl silver. And it, and it turned out they didn't like it. They don't like you to go changing those kind of cars, and you're supposed to be stock and all. Well, then they wouldn't. They didn't think I was doing good, and they think that was a bad guy or something. So later on, they took that car, and it's one of the tops in the world now because that's the only one that still exists, and it still is here to this day. Well, as a matter of fact, that car was one of the feature cars at Amelia Island this year, and it's owned by a gentleman out of uh, Georgia, correct? It certainly was. They finally got it, found it, and put it all back together and put it a 100-pointer where that thing is flawless from one end to the other. And I didn't know nothing about it till we got to the show, and that was just just in March it was. So when I seen that, I couldn't believe that it was still still there and existing. And I mean, it it went great, oh, yeah, that especially was a, for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was kind of a cool car, because what you did is you gave it a little bit of a Mercedes 300 SL look. You, you Frenched in the back. You enclosed the taillights. You gave them that little horizontal look like a 300 SL. Yep. You put the roof fence in it. You gave it the, uh, you extended the fenders a little bit in the nose. You put the headlights, the French those in on the top, Frenched them in on the bottom. And that's a stunning car. And for our, for our listeners out there, if you want to take a look at this, go to Gene Jeffrey's uh, website, and or just type in, just Google Dean Jeffries and uh, there's and, and Amelia Island, and you'll see a picture of that car. It's an absolute stunning car. Hey, you mentioned James Dean. Why don't you tell us a story about how you basically named that car and how that uh, that, that whole little story came about? That was kind of a cool little story. You told me that when we were up there at Amelia Island. Well, we've been to the races. He's a, he goes to all the races and things, and I always have to, <clears throat> and so. We were been to a couple of them right here and right by L.A. area, uh, Riverside and stuff. And so I, I kind of bounced around him, and I was real lucky, and I got to know Lance Proventlo, who was big-time racing and stuff, too. And I did some cars for him and three or four of the other cars. And then the main guy, head driver from Porsche, he met me and and my car was there and he thought that was really great well james became kind of a a good friend of mine and we run kind of run around not too much i wasn't no movie star type people i didn't get excited about things like that but we were just real good friendship and everything fine and so he was he had the car there, and, and and one time he was telling me, he says, he was called a, a little bastard. And I said, why do I call you a little bastard? He says, well, I'm just me. I do it. And and, and, he's, and I says, why don't you just stick it right on your car? He says, great. That's bitching. Put it on there. So I did. I put a little bastard on the back. And it, to this day, that was a big, big thing. That was his name that he called himself a little <laughs> bastard. Super great guy. And from that, the next weekend, we were supposed to be up in Northern California to the big race. And he had that Porsche. He had an extremely little race, racy one. And on the way to the thing, he got in a big crash, and it, and it killed him. 
Uh, he didn't make it to the race, and that's the last I ever heard of him because that was one hell of a wreck, one heck yeah. of a one. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, you did some other uh, movie star cars. Name some of the other guys that you worked on cars for and you did a little custom work for. Well, I was just lucky uh, running into the movie work people because I ended up with my shop right here on Sunset Boulevard. And from then, the people would come around my shop because I had a lot of racy people. Uh, Steve McQueen was a real, real good buddy of mine that come out by my shop all the time. That's when he started a TV series, uh, Wanted for Gun and gun and have a gun and fire or something. No, there's wanted dead, or, wanted dead or Alive, I think is what it was. There you go. Mm-hmm. You know more about it than me. I used to watch I, it. I don't yeah. look back. I try to look forward. <laughs> anyway, that whole thing was quite neat with him because he was a really a top-notch guy, too. I mean, he was no big-time movie star type guy. He was just a super, super nice and through the years, I got to meet quite a few of those type people. Uh, even Elvis Presley come by my shop, and I was buddy buddy with him and stuff. And I, I'm not in my place. wasn't the kind of a thing where people would come there and hang out to see movie stars. No, I had a big fence all the time, and nobody could come in. So when they come into the place, you know, they didn't get bothered with people. So it was just a nice friendship type situation. Well, I was just lucky to meet these people for quite a few years. Now, now some of the people that you you, uh, you met, like Steve McQueen, a lot of these guys were into uh, not only race cars, but some of them had like small car collections, and you worked on their car collections as well, right? You did some custom work for them? Uh, 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 well, Steve McQueen did. He had some all kinds of custom cars and stuff. But quite a few of the people that I've ended up meeting him and doing, you know, not so much movie stuff, but it's just friendship stuff. I did a lot of car stuff and motorcycles and not no boats. I, I don't like boats. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, now, you, speaking of Steve McQueen, didn't you tell me that you did a stunt? You, you were a stunt double for him or you stood in for him in one of the movies or something? Was that you? Or well... Was- yeah, in, in, in the case of movie stars, a lot of people, and they try to say it and they tell the world about it, that they do all the stunt work. That's not very much of a truth. It's done and rigged and set up with special guys, the guys that know what they're doing and stuff. Uh, when you get to a guy like Steve McQueen, was absolutely a top-notch car driver. He knew what he was talking about. A lot of them can hardly shift the car or, or put the brakes on, but on the average of the real top guys, yes, they they did it. Yeah. Okay. Um, tell us about some of the Cars that you did for some of the TV shows and movie studios. Now I know in the uh, you did uh, well. The most famous one of the most famous cars you did was the Monkey Mobile for uh, for the TV show The Monkeys. Right. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I played some Monkeys music this earlier on the show is to kind of commemorate that a little bit. So tell us how the Monkey Mobile came to effect or came to uh, inception. Well, that started right there on Sunset Boulevard in in Hollywood, California, and they they wanted a new TV series that was about. They said four kids that were going to be, you know, musical stuff and everything. And so I came to them, or they asked me to come there and come up with something uh, of a car to make would fit right with their with their TV show and the whole works. 
So I said, well, fine, I'll do some sketches and try to do some drawing-wise or whatever. And they said, well, we need it now because they want it to do it. The nationwide, they want to do it so real quick. So I said, okay, let me come up. So I did two or three little drawings and stuff like that. Well, they just said, go for it. Come back and, and jump on the car because we'll, we need it. we got to have because this thing's got to be done within a couple of weeks, you know. And so we went. And I went back to the shop and started drawing and designing what I want. And I called them, and I talked to the people from Ford and Chrysler and General Motors and stuff to get a car to use. Because when they're doing TVs, there's not money. There's no big money when you start doing television. Maybe today they do. But going back, no, there's there's no money very good. So from that, they just wanted to try to get it. Well, I got Pontiac to do the, use their cars and stuff, and from that I took and made the monkey mobile from that. Just made some drawings and started building it, you know, and that's the way we did it. And I built two of them, and we had it done within about four weeks. So wow. that's where they do it. <laughs> how did you, well, you come to pick the Pontiac GTO? Well, at that time, I was also tied up with a toy company out of Detroit. And so them, at that people, I believe his name was Magner. I, I can't tell you the name right now. Anyway, he's the head guy of Pontiac and stuff. And so he oh, thought Wagner, that was Wagner, Jim great. Wagner. It, we'll okay. use the Pontiac. So okay. we did. Okay. From that, that's the way it took off. No okay. more than that. It was a, a convertible. So mm-hmm. I did a whole special top and everything, a complete different, even the body and stuff like that. Is a stock looking all the way distance and everything like that, but it was all changed in the front and the rear and and on the sides and no doors and all that stuff. You know, quite turned out to be quite neat. Yeah, um, was the motor pretty much stock? And you know, the big question was to all us car guys, our uh, motorheads, was that pretty much a stock motor? or Was that a fake blower and everything that was on that car? No, it just came out that way. It was no hot rod or nothing like that. I put a 671 blower on it, and we did that at the beginning. And then a couple of the kids wanted to drive it, and they did. Well, it was just too much horsepower, too much power to do things like that. And that would have been some very big dangers. So (laughs) we immediately took the 671 out of it. I treated it back around and run some carburation through it and stuff, but it was still had a 671 blower on it. Gotcha. But it made that neat look that way, so we kept it like that. Gotcha. Now, you did the Green Hornet car, too, for the uh, for the move, for the TV show Green Hornet, right? That That's was, right, that yeah. Was, that was based on an Imperial. Now, how'd that come to be, and how come you picked that kind of a car? Well, it was the same thing again. <clears throat> it's like I said, it's, they start doing things, and they wait till the last minute that they got it, and the network might say, okay, go for it. So, uh, again, I had to come up with some kind of a car, but they wanted it to give it that that drawing or that design look back into the, I would say, the 40s or even the 30s. The Green Hornet was a big name that was around for many years and stuff. Anyway, from there, I had to come up with some type of a uh, a, a car that would be unique like but you can't make it a hot rod looking car it had to be and and they're talking about like a rolls royce stuff but you can't have that kind of a look thing either but then they wanted a bunch of different items they wanted this this car to do all kinds of stuff 
from had rockets come out the front and flame floors would shoot out there. We had uh, rockets that would shoot out the back end, the same thing, and, and it just went on and on of <laughs> all kinds of items that that car had to do. Well, and again, we ain't got no time. They're wanting it so to build and do those kind of things. That's night and day to try to get it ready in a couple of weeks. Wow. I mean, so, that's the that's the way they do it. Now the uh, the they came out with a remake of that movie, The Green Hornet. So did you uh, have any influence or any work with or work to do with the uh, the new version of the Black Beauty? No, you know it's strange because it's right down the street in Burbank is where uh, they built it. My shop is right here on the 101 freeway, right in Hollywood, right there, <clears throat> and it's been here, you know, 50 years. I I never knew anything about what it looked like or what they were doing or the whole thing about it, and then I didn't ever know anything about it till we went to the Peterson Museum and the guy that did the work and stuff like that. We sat and talked, and, and it was, in fact, it's all on TV now because we were all discussed and talked about it right at the Peterson Museum, and I never knew nothing about, no part of it, uh, or did I talk with any producers or directors or, or stars or nothing. I never, uh, no part of it. Wow. Now, how about the TV show Get Smart? Did, they had a number of different cars on that. They had the uh, Triumph. No, what was it? It was a Sunbeam Tiger they did. They had a Shelby on there at one point, and then they had a Carmen Ghia on there at one point. So did you have any involvement with uh, any of those cars for the TV show Get Smart? And what car was that? Well, they had a Sunbeam Tiger, which that's where I remember when the, the little cannon came out of the hood. Oh, the yeah. No, okay. And, uh, no, I, those cars I hadn't. I don't believe I had anything to do. do with it might those? have been a little teeny donkey things or something like that, but nothing major. No. Okay, and then for the movie with Annette Funicello and uh, Frankie Avalon in the movie um, Bikini Beach, didn't you have something to do with? Uh, you built the manta ray for that one. Well, that one clicked because I did the car, and that was the one time I wanted to try to win the Oakland Roadster Show. Well, to do that, you got to be the best. I mean the best to win that whole thing. So I went 90 miles an hour, and I tried to do something different than nobody had done, and I didn't absolutely know what I was doing when I started. I just made a sketch, and from that I decided i got to come up with something unique. Well, the way I ended up with a design thing, I'm laying in a show up in Seattle, Washington, and my room just happened to be right there by the ocean, and I could look out and see fish go by and stuff like that. It was quite a neat, you know. And so one day, and I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to think what I'm going to do with the car, how am I going to do And I'm watching, and a manta ray come by, just swimming by there. I said to myself, that's the name of the car. I don't know what the car is going to look like, but I'm going to take it from that and that name. And that's what I did when I went home, made some drawings, one drawing I still hanging up on the wall, and from that I started building it, and, and I made it called the Manta Ray, and we won the Oakland Roaster Show, and from there I went into Steve Allen's show, from there I went right to the Bikini Beach Party thing, and from this day, right to this day, and you're looking, 1963 is still one of the top cars. I'm not saying it because of me or anything like that. This car, people still think it's great because it's what they call non-symmetrical design. It's all offset, but it all blends together. And 
how I ended up with it and how I got it, uh, I don't know. But I, I, I guess I did it. <laughs> now, what kind of materials did you use to build that car? And well, what was the was basis of the chassis? Out of aluminum. Oh. I didn't want to do it out of no fiberglass, no bondos, no nothing like that. I made it hand formed little quarter inch rod and curved it everything I wanted. And from that, I made it out of <clears throat> uh, it was 82 pieces of aluminum that curved different sections and everything. Then I heliarched them all back together and smoothed it all out where you could not see any mold inside or outside, and then finished the whole thing like that, and then painted it a pearl white, and that's when I took it to the show, and I won it. I was just extremely lucky guy. I, I really think that was very good luck. <laughs> that was It's a cool-looking car. Now, what, how'd you make the canopy? P- pardon me? How'd you make the canopy for it? Well, the canopy was dumb. I didn't know what I was doing there. Again, I had to make a, a, a tone where it looked and curved right in with the body and everything. Well, to take plastic and, and curve it just what you want, it doesn't work like that. I mean, nobody had did it. You make bubbles and stuff sticking out, but not to blend it back where it forms right into the to the metal of the car. So I had no idea what I was doing. So I'm thinking how to do it, and I said, there's no way that we can pressure it and do it. This has got to be done and vacuum it. And I says, so I build a box where it's all sealed around it. Then I took the thing and got this plastic extremely hot to the point where you couldn't touch it, but you could take units and pull it right up and set it down, then locked it down, tied it all down, and all I did was seal it down, and I made it suck all the air out of it, and it pulled that whole curve and that dome right perfect. All I did was had a piece of tape hanging down to a point, and I said, let it keep going. When it gets to that end, and I did, and it was all blended and did the whole thing, then I said, stop, and leave it alone, and let it cool down, and when we did, we pulled it out. Lucky as can be, it just was flawless. To this day, you can see there's not, can't even show that that it is plastic or anything. It's really come out neat. I, I never did again, but I certainly did it this time, I guess. <laughs> now, where's that car at today? It's in a museum someplace, isn't it? Or do you have it in your possession? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was very lucky. I, it's since n- 1963. That thing's been on, sure, on tour all over the place, and it stayed in museums. It's been at the Peterson mm-hmm. Museum okay. for, I think, 18 years or something like that. And I just pulled it home, and that's where it's sitting now. I said, uh, at least I'm going to say... And I can look at it and say when I did it and how I did it and whatever, so I can do that. I'm not saying big things about anybody else or nothing. I'm just saying I want to look at what I did do. You know? Now they made. And they, I, I have, I'm very happy at myself that it still still exists and is still here. That's cool. Hey, did they they made uh, a model of that too? Didn't they AMT models or was it Monogram or somebody made a model of that car? Yeah, it was, it was, AMT. It was AMT. They made uh, toys to. Right. Still today, they're selling them, and it's still good. It went worldwide, well, so it's super. still quite neat, yeah. Hey, Dean, we're out of time, and, of course, to quote my friends that have another radio show, this is the fastest hour in uh, on the radio, but I do want to thank you for coming on the radio show, and uh, would you be willing to come on again? Because I've got a whole bunch of questions I want to ask you. <laughs> 
Sounds good. Do Sounds it, good. Do it. All right. Well, you stay safe and you take care. And then uh, I'll give you a call here uh, over the summertime time. Summertime time. The summer. Over the summer sometime. There, I'll get it right. And uh, we'll have yeah, you on this, again. See, you have the same problem as me. Sometimes the mouth goes faster than the brain, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Well, I sometimes have a habit of zuschling, as they say in German, or uh, I have a little bit of a lips, lit, lisp once in a while. But other than that, I want to say thanks uh, for coming on the show. Our guest this evening was Dean Jeffries. Dean, thank you. Take care. And, uh, hey, you know, I'm going to have your friend uh, Pete Chaporis on here in a couple weeks, too. What do you think about that? I so, think that's great. That's and I great. Thank you very much. Okay. Well, you take care, and it was a pleasure to have you on our show. Thanks for uh, sharing uh, your time with us. Thank you much. Okay. Take Bye. care. So, anyway, hey, last minute here, Lee. Uh, Alan just walked in. Boy, I'm getting. Every, I just can't even talk tonight, can I? I am just an absolute wreck. Anyway, how much time we got left there, uh, Lee? Uh, about 30 seconds. About 30 seconds? Okay. Hey, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We're back at our old time at 7 p.m. Every Wednesday, be sure to tune in. i got some really cool guests coming up in the future. Alan, I want to thank you for walking in the last couple of minutes here. Yeah, we got our buddy Dean, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i got a big surprise next week, too. So uh, we'll just keep it going. In the meantime, everybody, stay safe and tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Until I give you further notice, I guess. <laughs> Until they change it on me again. You never know. You never know. Stay safe. Drive carefully. Bye.